My name is John Patty, and if you've come this far, um, hopefully you're somewhat interested in my newest endeavor, my, my project that I have going on. I've uh, just recently launched my website, johnpattymusic.net. Um, my, my goal for this is to um, sort of document and share my musical endeavors and also add my, my conversations and my networking with other musicians or people that are in fields that are closely related or overlap with music in some way. Um, I have, a, of course, some, some pretty lofty goals, but I've already had some, some folks express interest in, in helping me out and I'm super grateful for them. Um, yeah. One of the one of the one things I did want to do was was have uh, some conversations with people. One of the things that's really helped me understand a lot about um, you know the world around me, or you know, even things some things about myself, is is the podcast. And I think it's a really interesting medium, and there's a way to do it uh, relatively efficiently. So um, this is going to be the first, uh, I guess, episode, if you want to call it that. Um, that I, I speak with um, you know, people that are, I've either played with or worked with or worked for. Um, I have some, some folks interested that are, have really interesting stories, have really, uh, really intriguing topics to talk about. And um, as I think as we, as we move through our discussion, I think there's things that can be taken. Um, I'm, I'm gonna speak a lot as, as a composer and performer and, um, Sometimes as an educator and general music person, <laughs> um, but I think that there's there's a lot that um, that will be good. It, it will be of course geared mostly towards musicians. But if if um, if nothing else, if anybody's you know this particular episode is um, right, the very talented harp harpist. Um, if anybody has just ever had an interest in harp, it's there's a lot of really cool things that uh, she has to say, and um, areas that we go into uh, about harp and about music in general and how, how they relate, um, and and also it, it ends up being sort of an open-ended thing, so that's really really cool. Um, so my first guest then, uh, her name's her name's Heather Montana, and. We, uh, we went to Sam Houston State together. Um, I was stuck in the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the back rooms of the composition department, and she was obviously in the harp studio, and we didn't really cross paths, uh, you know, maybe, but we had a theory class together several years prior. We never really um, had much interaction until this Christmas. We were both in a production of the Christmas Revels show down in Houston and we talked and she actually um, she recorded a piece that I wrote for harp and piano um, a few uh, probably six or seven months ago now I hadn't really thought to do much with it but uh, she mentioned she's like yeah you know I'm looking always looking for new stuff to play and I showed it to her and um, you know showed it to her before you know half an hour before our call time for a rehearsal and I think by the end of that rehearsal for the Christmas Rebel show, she had most of it kind of figured out, and the next day she came back with questions. It was it was really great. It's a good experience as a um, as a composer and as a musician to see somebody that dedicated to their their craft and their instrument. And so, 
um, when I started sort of putting out the feelers to see who who, does, who wants to talk, who wants to discuss music and, um, you know, being a musician, being a, you know, in this case, a harpist. She's, she was one of the first people who said, absolutely, I'm interested. Um, and this was very interesting. We're sort of discovering how to, you know, the, the practical elements of how to record and how to uh, communicate remotely. It's pretty pretty nasty weather, and so we didn't want to try and drive somewhere and be safe. Uh, but also, I mean, you know, here a few times, the internet connection sort of makes communication difficult sometimes. I think what we ended up getting uh, is, again, like I said, it's fascinating and interesting more than anything else. Um, for composers, it's rather informative. It gives, gives a little bit of practical information about the harp and how to write for harp and some things that uh, maybe just don't occur to the average musician that doesn't play harp um, exclusively, but um, a lot of really cool things, different things about music and about being a harpist and how to find gigs and uh, what kinds of gigs there are. And just It's uh, just generally a very, very fun time that we had, and uh, I hope you'll, you'll forgive the uh, rudimentary recording, and hopefully as, as we go, those, those things will not be as prevalent in these recordings, but... Um, as we go, I, I hope you enjoy uh, mine and Heather's conversation, and I hope that um, you'll come back and listen to consequent episodes that will be just as enlightening. And I'm sure, actually, you know, well, I'll have Heather back um, probably several times. We talked, and we both finished with about an hour's worth of material left to say. So uh, enjoy me and Heather. Heard people have said that. To me, like you know, for a, for a drum set player, for a, for percussionist, you don't steal stuff. That's really weird to me. <laughs> okay, you know, can't really argue. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, it's it's that's fun. Well, let, that that to me was one of the most interesting topics that. Um, as as someone who is you know actually willing to talk and, and network and be a part of the musical community, what, what have you do you deal with a lot of other harp players? Like do you have you seen that personally? And that's, uh, I think that's sort of the nature, um, one of the things that I always thought, I have not, don't have a lot of orchestral experience um, or, you know, wind ensemble, but I feel like there's always kind of a lot of pressure and whatever you guys are doing, it's usually kind of, I don't know, up, upscale. There's always a lot of, I feel like, you know, in or college or, or 
college orchestra or wind ensemble, there's a lot of like ego going on. There's a lot of high pressure. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, percussion's kind of the same way, and a lot of times it's, yeah. in my experience, it's been like effects, a crash cymbal or a triangle hit that it was, like, it was a composer's dying wish to have that triangle, and yeah. it wasn't there, and it's like. <laughs> I mean that's that's true, and this as a composer, where you noticed I was a very can is it can you is it a thing or? Oh yeah, of course, definitely. Mm-hmm. But in general, if you can space out your accidentals or changes to where 
Right. Well, that's, I mean, it's definitely good to know that sort of thing is, a lot, I think a lot of composers um, might go through their school or maybe not even be near a school but have never actually seen a harp. And they know, oh, well, a harp sounds pretty, and but have no idea about the practical application of that. Um, and so that's, that's good to know, just, just that much right there. Um, as, as someone who's trying, uh, to, trying to explore the harp as a, as a composer, is that something that you look for, specifically in a new piece like that has some intricate, intricate or a uh, little bit more difficult than no pedaling pedaling? Like, is that... Is that a challenge that you appreciate? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm used to moving the pedals a lot, in, especially when the pieces we study in college. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Almost. So I don't think composers should be afraid to make write in you know, accidentals, sharp flats, key changes, because it's mm -hmm. definitely done, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty common thing. Like okay. I said, if you can just remember to kind of keep either foot on either side of the harp, then you're, then you're really good. And we tend to typically change a pedal, like if it was marked F sharp on the first beat, we'll change the pedal with that slightly right before we play it. So they're usually tied together, if possible. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's that's awesome, um, uh, and I well I think and one of the things that's cool about this sort of format is, uh, say for example, it gets released for free, and some composer is not sure what to write. Never would have thought writing for a harp because oh well, I don't get it. Well, that's one of the things that's cool about I like this format. Um, another composer listens to it. Oh. I can, I'm not afraid to explore the harp anymore. Even if they don't write the pedaling, um, any sort of weird or extra pedaling, they will be able to approach the instrument. And that's one of the, you know, mm -hmm. the practical benefits of this. Yeah, and I, I think um, typically composers don't write in the pedals, mm -hmm. harpists usually will write in where they're going to change their own pedals. However, I feel like it's good to think through, mm -hmm. pretend like, okay, if I were the harpist, I'd be able to change this pedal mm -hmm. at this time, given the surrounding notes. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of interesting. So you wouldn't have to write it in, mm -hmm. but um, it would be good to think is if you had to actually play the music because I feel sure. like a lot of times I get music that I think someone just thought it sounded cool but they didn't think through well it's mostly the pedals um sometimes it's a sort of that pianist thing where it's like a lot of five note runs instead of more four notes or chords that I can't play necessarily mm -hmm. the spacing is too big I can reach um, a tenth comfortably on harp there's 
tenths are pretty pretty common okay. for harp in the right and the left hand. That's again one of those things that's that's a gem. <laughs> I I had thought, um, I mean I I don't space things more than an octave generally just because just the way aesthetically for me I try to if I have an interval that's greater than that I try to fit it inside anyway unless there's a specific effect I'm going for like a tenth in both hands maybe for something for example um, yeah well, we can play a tenth it's, sometimes it's structured where you'll play with um, one and four mm -hmm. with the tenth but you'll also have a inner note maybe like a a fifth or a sixth between the fourth mm -hmm. and the second finger. So that's that's a pretty common, you know, that's a pretty common thing in a lot of our music, spacing-wise. Mm -hmm. So, and that's another thing a lot of composers, because they look at piano and they're like, a tenth on piano is really, really hard. Yeah. And on harp, it's pretty standard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, and that, this, I mean, and should say, uh, should preface everything. I'm sure there are composers that are more familiar with harp and that, um, but I, yeah. I, th I think just in general, this is it's, it's just a, it's a gold mine. So so thank you for sure yeah. for that. Well, I know I know in college when we studied harp in I think it was orchestration and analysis, um, or maybe it was a different class, but we spent one class period on it. <laughs> <laughs> and people had lots and lots of questions, um, but I, I felt like we just bare, barely touched, <laughs> you know, what the harp can do. Whereas we spent, you know, a few weeks at least on the strings and all of their type of bowings and technique. And, um, whereas we spent, you know, like 30, 30 minutes or so on the harp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of any, I think any instrument deserves that much time. It's just as from speaking from my experience, I, I definitely had more questions, but there was like, okay, well now I need to learn, um, what the break is on a clarinet and how many partials a trumpet can play. And there's just, um, and I, I can sort of understand, um, I can sort of understand to an extent why, you know, woodwind, strings, brass, those particular instruments get more face time in a college classroom or a, any any classroom really, or, or a piano, um, just because it's considered more accessible. But, um, you know, one of the... I mean, a lot of pieces don't even have harp. A lot of orchestral pieces don't even um, include harp, and I feel like with orchestral music for harp, a lot of times it's easy parts, but you can't hear what I'm playing. Right. Or it's a gigantic cadenza, and it's your spotlight. It's yeah. So many notes. One of the reasons I love Mahler, for example, is he's a genius at orchestration. You know, mm -hmm. he can have these harp parts that aren't complicated, but they add just the right color um, mm -hmm. sometimes and you can hear every note I have no idea how he did it but I love playing his music because every note seems to be important even if I'm just adding some color somewhere mm -hmm. 
Well, I think a lot of the, the, the people that have experience with it know the colors it can create, know what to pair it with. Um, I mean, from, from what I remember, Mahler's kind of a brass guy, and I think, I think that sort of thing makes sense because they're not similar. They're, they're, I don't think they're similar colors. Um, and so, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, how, what are some other, um, say for, let's say a composer was going to analyze or study or listen to some composers that say for large scale ensemble, like a symphony or a wind ensemble, who else, uh, do you have any other composers that know what they're doing in that way? Well, anyone French? <laughs> okay. Okay, not not anyone <laughs> French, but um, Debussy and Ravel are. Yes. Um, but then you know I played the Sacred and Profane Dances, which is a concerto for harp, and that was by Debussy, and it's. It's beautiful. And another one I, I like a lot is uh, Foray, his um, impromptu okay. for the harp is beautiful. And Hinden Miss Harp Sonata is amazing. That That's kind of an oddball one. doesn't really fit with the other, but uh, he wrote that sonata for harp, and I, I think it's a gem in the harp repertoire. Well, that is, that's good. One of the, um, on top of, uh, you know, on top of this interview, one of the things I was hoping to include was, you know, links to pieces in, you know, IMSLP or a YouTube, um, something so that it's not just somebody can be like, oh, cool, here's that link they were talking about right there. Um, yeah. Just completely. That's it's it's invaluable. And if if nothing else, um, those those folks are some of my favorite composers just in general. When I listen to music, I think. Um, okay, so uh, talked about hoppers. Um, so uh, well, let me ask: Is there anything else? Not necessarily just that composers. Uh, but how about maybe like the average listener should know about harp or the average educator something that we can use to I, I want to bring harp into more of a more of a spotlight at least in my own world if not um, you know the actual musical canon here in, in Houston but what what else can we can we know about it that will help us uh, understand it general opinion of harp is that it's very heavenly and they think of angels mm -hmm. <laughs> which it is a very it is a very angelic sometimes things that are a little bit outside the box for harp there's a lot of extended techniques mm -hmm. that kind of just make it sound weird or percussive like it's fairly common in more of your contemporary pieces to have tapping or some sort of drumming on mm -hmm. there's a piece called Song in the Night by Carlos Salzedo 
and that ha that includes a bunch of extended techniques for harp. So I think in general, what I'd like people to know is that it's not just this pretty instrument that only plays, you know, chords and arpeggios and sounds heavenly. It can um, it works really well with some of your like contemporary, newly composed pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing is, is it's basically a machine because it, it, you know, the harpist, she looks so pretty or he looks uh, so handsome sitting up on stage. And, but it's a pretty violent reaction when you push one of the pedals, it has to go from the pedal up through the column and along the levers at the top of the harp to mm -hmm. change to change those strings it has i think over it has about over 2000 moving parts so i'm basically operating a machine mm -hmm. which i find fascinating that's definitely that's definitely fascinating and it's it's probably something not a lot of people know they probably don't think about it i think and what I, one of the things i was i was um, hoping to talk about was people are not just composers, I think people see a harp and there's a little bit of intimidation that happens. They know that the music that comes out of it is very pretty and very angelic and all of these things. Um, but my, one of my biggest questions has always been, well, when people are um, thinking about beginning their journey through music, say they wanna play an instrument, say their, their kid wants to play an instrument, um, you know, what kind of learning curve does the harp have? Is it something that someone inexperienced in music could pick up or is it something you kind of have to know a little bit um, how, how does that I mean I think it's just like starting any other instrument I you know some harpists take piano before they start harp but I just started I just started on harp so the only musical knowledge I had gained was during elementary music Mm -hmm. you know, music class once or twice a week in elementary school. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of, you know, extensive musical knowledge. I started when I was in fifth grade, towards the end of fifth grade. I, that's actually kind of a funny story. So my elementary music teacher was married to our junior high orchestra director, uh -huh. and they owned pedal harps. When you start on harp, you don't typically start on the pedal harp right away. You start on the smaller ones with little levers instead of pedals. Okay. Um, and so they were, I could rent them for, you know, a very reasonable fee. And my elementary music teacher decided that uh, I would be a good one to ask because I really seemed to enjoy music class. Mm -hmm. So she asked me and they said they would set me up with a teacher. That was about 10 minutes from my house. And the only reason I said yes was because, have you ever seen Disney's Fantasia, the, the original one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, the very first piece is a Toccata and Fugue by Bach. Mm -hmm. in different sections of the orchestra light up with different colors mm -hmm. and there's you know a few shots of the harpist and she has a blue backlight and you can see her silhouette and I thought yeah I could I could totally <laughs> do that <laughs> of course but that's how I that's how I got started so I didn't really have any you know extensive 
musical knowledge. I just started on it like any other any other kid. I'd go to lessons and, you know, 30 minutes once a week and start with small pieces. Of course, there's technique to learn just like any any other instrument. So I think it's super approachable. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's good. Um, I mean, I think a lot of... I think a lot of people, a lot of folks I teach, for example, um, they would they say, "Oh, well, you know, it, it's, I just, I think I'm just going to stick with the piano. I think it's a little bit easier, and so it's all laid out there." Like, well, um, you know, they they don't like the the different buttons on a, a saxophone or a trumpet or something. And well, you know, there's there's other instruments that are laid out sort of idiomatically like that, to where it translates easily and. Um, um, I think maybe another thing that, that will deter people is um, just cost. And I've always wondered, you said they were reasonable to rent. Um, I mean, most people probably don't rent a piano, but I started out on a little $30 bell kit where I learned what a keyboard was shaped like and let's say $30, $30 a month or something. But um, mm-hmm. Well, I rented, I rented from my school district mm-hmm. so I think it was you know something like 25 a year or something wow. super affordable but yeah. there are places you can rent them from and you can also buy them used so and like I said when you start out I think one of the things that parents look at is they see this majestic pedal harp and they're thinking this costs thousands and thousands of dollars um, but uh, when you start, you start on a smaller lever harp, and those new, I think the last time I can buy used ones for, for probably, you know, $2,000, which is still a lot of money for some people, so mm-hmm. renting is definitely the more affordable route. <laughs> but it's not as bad. I feel as parents think it is when they see that. Yeah. No, I even bought my own pedal harp. I bought it used because they are ridiculously expensive. <laughs> well, th- that's that's cheaper than I was expecting. Um, I mean, I've I've priced you know brass instruments for for you know personal study or something, and like a euphonium, more than two thousand dollars, we'll say. Um, you know, even for a, a, a nice used horn. Um, or some of the string instruments, like a violin can get... There are violins that sell way more more than what harps. T- or your professional harpist typically owns an instrument that costs between 20000 and $50,000. However, I remember one of the, the bass professors uh, in college saying, well... You know, you need to just spend fifty thousand dollars on a good quality professional instrument, and that's it. But you know, that's that's the high end of the professional harpist range. Now, the most expensive harp that you can buy, you know, just go to Line and Healy and buy, is about two hundred and eighty thousand. But it's just gold and has this oh. huge shell, and it's very intricate. And the only the only person I ever know. I knew of buying one was honestly they were 
super rich and they just bought it as an art piece to put in their living room. <laughs> so no Harkness ever buys that. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, I could imagine. It's, <laughs> as, a, as a working harpist, uh, you kind of have to have a good gig to be able to... Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't even want to take that expensive of an instrument outside of your house for fear of, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah, someone, someone breathing on it. Well, I'm with, well um, and that actually brings me to another, um, another thing that that has interested me greatly. And I know you and I met at a performance, um, and we spoke briefly about that. But what, um, you know, is there? You know, I, I play drum set. You can pretty much put a drum set anywhere, and someone will pay you. Not very much, but they'll pay you to to play it. Same thing with like guitar, piano. Um, are there, are there as many or a, a related amount of, of harp gigs out there? I actually feel like harpists can get a lot of gigs. It's very accessible for that. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, if you think about weddings, number one, that's a huge market mm -hmm. for harp gigs. like background music so a lot of hotels like your really upscale ones will have you know they'll bring harpists in or other instruments to play background music during lunchtime or dinner in the evening um, apart from hotels uh, and restaurants I've played you know background music at galas and other sorts of things um, and then there was stuff like what you and I did was playing for more of like an actual show. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's actually one of the most accessible instruments for for gigs because mm -hmm. it's a standalone instrument. It sounds so beautiful by itself. You know, I can play I can play music all day long by myself and mm -hmm. it's much more transportable than a piano you know pianists can only have a gig where there is a piano unless they want to bring a keyboard and I've played uh, talking about taking it strange places I've I've played in a lot of different strange places you know I went to one wedding where they had it under this giant oak tree and they had set up wooden pews and it was beautiful mm -hmm. um but it was out in this field in the middle of nowhere and to get my <laughs> to get my harp there was kind of interesting mm -hmm. but um so i can pretty much take it take it anywhere that's uh, that's good because i've yeah i've played out in the woods before and it was not uh i don't remember that fondly i remember you know there being ants and fire and all this just normal drum set thing so that's uh, okay very very good um let's see okay so then so i mean you're i would imagine your rep for the weddings and the hotels and and those gigs probably kind of i don't know vanilla what, what you're used to what people go to when they think harp nice pleasant ambient yeah just nice pleasant background music not, it's not it's not easy but it's not terribly difficult either because a lot of your more difficult harp repertoire and I feel like this is classical music in general it's sometimes pe 
people feel like it's too complicated to listen to. It's too complex. Mm -hmm. So when I go play for for a gig, people just want to hear something nice and pleasant yeah. in the background. So I play a lot. I recycle a lot of the same same pieces for that. But certain certain um, gigs, I'll tailor the pieces. There was one I played. Uh, for Texas Children's Hospital, they have a ceremony every year for um, their NIC unit for the babies that have passed away. Um, it's kind of a remembrance ceremony for mm -hmm. the parents. And they'll, they'll have a slideshow with the baby's pictures, and it's a very intimate moment. And they have me play during that time. So I'll usually handpick the piece and then time it to that slideshow um, to make sure it's appropriate or weddings sometimes mm -hmm. you'll get certain requests that aren't in your usual repertoire mm -hmm. well I mean it's I, I think one of the one of the things that I'm I'm sort of tapping into at least for myself um, hopefully for anybody listening it's um, it's it harp is a lot more of a should be more of like a mainstream instrument. It's not as, um, it's not as mysterious. It's it's still wonderful and glorious, but it's not as mysterious um, yeah. as I and, thought. And there's, you know, there's uh, electric harps, and there's, you know, you can look up on YouTube harpists playing Metallica on <laughs> harps. So it's not like harp is only limited to this um, not very many but there's a couple professional jazz harpists I feel like jazz is difficult on harp mm -hmm. because of just the mechanics of the harp and the pedals yeah. with all the you know chord changes in, in jazz music it gets complicated but right. it's doable yeah, I, I can imagine just thinking of jazz techniques and then even what we've talked about. Yeah, it's, it, it, it would take careful planning, I think, and um, yeah. would have to be... But, yeah, it, it's thinking about the sound it produces makes total sense. There's, there's, um, there's a, quite a range of colors, I think. Uh, that, and that sort of brings me to um, the the last thing that you and I had previously discussed about, um, you know, moving, moving past our demystification of the harp. Let's then I'm thinking, okay, let's write some, um, let's write some, some music for harp and let's maybe not think of the large ensemble. Let's maybe get into a chamber setting. Um, and I know you, you enjoy chamber music. So what's, what are some of your, um, what are your, some of your thoughts about chamber music, uh, as it, as it pertains to the harp. Well, chamber music is actually my favorite to play um, because I like the culture. Intimate setting than you get in a large orchestral ensemble because you're usually following the conductor, mm -hmm. um, whereas in chamber you're all giving thoughts and opinions and working together. I. There's a lot of for harp. I'd like to see more written outside of just duets. I think if people naturally want to put harp in a duet, 
sort of form because you'll pair it with a melody instrument like violin mm -hmm. or cello or really anything I've played a duet with a clarinet and then I take more of the accompaniment role mm -hmm. um, so I would like to see more and that there are pieces that don't don't fit that but they're they're usually fairly difficult sure. um, so I, I think I'd like to see more pieces written outside of that realm, just melody and then me being accompaniment. Right. Um, but there are duets that don't fit into that category. I played um, Sanson's Fantasy. it was challenging and because it was more um, shared and the role would go back and forth mm -hmm. so that's kind of a that's kind of a thing where if it's that's that's a I think a a pitfall that that happens to to composers a lot in chamber music they we sort of um, we have these categories of instruments and we kind of keep them there you know, if if it's if it's a piece for piano and trumpet, well, you know, the trumpet has a melody unless the trumpet's not playing, um, and then even still, it's the piano part is plotting chords and setting up the next trumpet thing. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I think there's that's that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. There are some things that some instruments are good at. Um, you know, trumpet's not going to be able to play a lot of chords without a you know a delay pedal or a, a trumpet ensemble. But um, I, I think again, one of the things is maybe some of those folks that imagine those ideas were okay. Well, the harp has a bunch of strings. It's going to be good at accompaniment, and maybe I, and but I, I I wrote a piece for a, um, some of the some of the folks at this in the same he said new music ensemble, and it was something like bass trombone viola clarinet trumpet um, instruments that have fairly accepted roles you know the, the bass trombone is not even going to be accompaniment it's going to be a bass line function the viola is going to have a sort of middle voice function one of my goals for that piece it was a lot of fun I was like okay how do I how do I give the bass trombone the melody and still have a vaguely functioning bass line or how do I give this viola um, how do I trade from the viola to the clarinet without there being a huge gap um, in the middle of the of the voicing? And that was a lot of fun for me as a as a composer. And, and you know they, they did pretty well with it. It was it was interesting. Um, some people were like, "Well, that sounded kind of weird. It wasn't really what I was expecting." That's the idea. <laughs> that's the whole point. Um, yeah. See, that's the thing is, I guess when you take it out of its traditional role, then I think for audience members. It kind of throws them off a little bit, but mm -hmm. I feel like if the larger the chamber ensemble, you know, maybe a group of five players, mm -hmm. and then there could be a lot more trade off. And then I was at Discovery Green mm -hmm. during December, okay. and one of the most fascinating pieces of art they had there it was this giant tent of LED lights and they were synced to 
classical music. And at first I thought, oh, it's going to be synced Christmas music because it's around Christmas time. But I was so excited to find that it was synced to, to classical music. And from different time periods, including like Baroque, Romantic, Classical, mm -hmm. all, of, all of the good stuff. Sure. Um, and people were fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. They were laying under these lights listening to, to classical music. So I just thought that's such a neat way to get people, I don't know, to listen. Is And I also went to the Houston Symphony recently, and they had some Cirque du Soleil performers. Um, they were playing film scores, and these performers had choreographed their um, performance to the live music film scores. And the hall was packed. So I just think, and I know that's film scores, it's not necessarily classical, classical music. But, well, yeah. Um, you know, they were just enamored by it. So I think finding more creative ways to kind of reach out to the general public and sort of draw them in. Because, I mean, in general, when you go to a traditional symphony orchestra, it's kind of Oh yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy. I enjoy. You know, dressing up and, and going. Um, but maybe not everyone does, which sure. I think is. Lovely. Should take care. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm. It's. You don't see it. It's not a. That is. It is a very. It's. It's just a. Can't think of the word. There's, there's definitely sort of a, a stigma about um, classical music or other, other types of things. Like it, just a given genre of music, you're gonna see a certain amount of people, and they're gonna wear this, and they're gonna think, and um, which you know, for the most part, is true. And that's actually how a lot of some of those types of music were uh, survived the years. But um, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think it's more things are happening that are either mixing things together or people that would never have listened to it before are now um, yeah. are breaking and this, that works, you know, vice versa like people think I'm, I'm a harpist and I play classical music, so mm. therefore I must not like any other type of music and then, like, I love uh, folk music or, like, indie folk and people are really surprised to <laughs> find out that I, I like that and so it's just, I feel like want to put you in a little box as well as a classical musician. So. Sure. But I feel, I feel like, well, I don't, there, there are two camps. There are people that only want to listen to classical music and love classical music mm -hmm. and oppose <laughs> anything <laughs> besides that. Yeah. And then there's your other camp of musicians who take what they learn with their classical music and I feel like can appreciate other sort of art forms of music, other genres, and you know, find something of value in all of them. Mm -hmm. so I'm, in, I'm in the, I'm in the second because I, <laughs> I like different kinds of music. Well, that's that's good, and I I I hopefully um, I, I feel like I am too, and hopefully if I mean I, I have a weird musical career anyway. You know, I did. I was drumline in high school, as choir and composition in college, and now I'm playing in a country band. Like, 
I, I like to think that, um, you know, my mind has definitely been expanded by all of those things. And, and another thing, too, is I'm, I'm hoping that I continue that and, and learn more and, and, and acquire more. <laughs> That's a good word. I like, I like that better than some of the other things that I've heard it um, used to describe, definitely. Um, I, I think also, um, you know, it would be good. Uh, I think we could, we could talk uh, another hour just on that. Um, uh, um, I think for the for it to be you know succinct um, I think uh, probably we can call this like a harp episode and then have another have another one that's about uh, just music in general because that's one of the another thing that's really um, musicians hopefully that are that are like us like like to hear musicians talk about music um and, and like the listening side has you know classical versus other genres and, and all of those things. So um, I think it's good to I, I think I think we can probably go and we've actually been talking for about an hour, um, you know, with with some of our that was easier than we thought. <laughs> way way easier than we thought, and and probably even better um, than so, you know I had a certain few questions, but. Um, I think it's good to be interested and interesting, for sure. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, one of the things we sort of touched on and, and we'll hopefully get get better as we go. Um, so, um, so yeah, let's, um, I think to, to wrap it up, because um, we've already, we've already given thoughts. Are you, do you have any fun projects or gigs coming up that you're, that you're interested in that are, you know, that you want to talk about? Um, no, not at the moment. Our, my busy season as far as gig-wise is really during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, I did a lot during that. I played with you in the, the Rebel show, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting mix of theater and singing and dancing and Renaissance music and... <laughs> All sorts of stuff, and then on Christmas Eve, the gig that I played was, um, it was more with, like, a pop rock type of band, and then they threw in a string quartet and a harp, which sounded really cool. That's awesome. But, um, they definitely had to mic me, because otherwise you you would not have heard me. Sure, sure. (laughs) That's important. Um, I think that 
I think that makes it, um, I think that's one of the things that, that takes harp specifically, but music too, one step out of that, that, oh, well, it's too hard, I'll never be good at it. If, like, here's, here's what I do, here's what you can do, um, here, here's what it looks and feels like. I, I think that's very, very important. Um, and that's good, and there's, there's more that we can do with that. Um, I will have you on as, as many times for as long as you want to talk. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk about all sorts of... I love, I love to talk. I'm a <laughs> girl, so we like to talk in general. Okay, yeah, so, of course. But, um... <laughs> well, um, well, here's... That was, my, that was my sister. I'm sorry. Oh, that's sorry, fine. That's okay. It's I like having more guests. That's that makes it. I seem like I'm more legitimate at what I do if I have people want to be on. People want to be on the show. I, I but you're not gonna put that in there. <laughs> put in the barging. <laughs> Thankfully, I do have some editing tools, so we'll we'll make that just fine. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> Um, well, you know, sometimes there's a, sometimes there's a profound closing statement, sometimes there's not, um, I just, uh, no, I just, I'm, I'm very grateful and then thankful that, um, you know, obviously you're, you're a tremendous player, and, and I, I appreciate that, but I also appreciate even more the fact that um, we can have this conversation and share what we know with anybody who wants to listen, you know, it's, and I, I want to get it out there, and, and you know, if, whenever, whenever we have opportunities, I'm, I plan to go, you know, continue writing some heart music, and um, this is it's a, it's an invigorating kind of conversation um, in a lot of different ways, and so I'm just I'm just very thankful for that. Well, thank you, and, and you're welcome. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I love you know talking about music and kind of bringing it down from the realm where people think it's super hard or we're robots that just play notes that you know, <laughs> <laughs> to show that we're real living. Free-